All right, 327 here on the Blitz 1170. Welcome into the show. My name is Jeremy Poplin, Colby Daniels, and Scott File with you. Scott, I'm a little disappointed there in the two-minute drill that you did not have the fact that he's back for the first time in 10 years and CM Punk tears a <laughs> tricep muscle while he's competing in the Royal Rumble, and he will address the crowd tonight on on WWE Monday Night Raw. So just to give everyone an update, you're a big CM Punk fan. He just comes back, and he gets hurt in his very first show back. So uh, pour one out for the tricep of CM Punk. No confirmation yet or not, fellas, that it is the same tricep that he tore in 2022. You know, but I'll make sure to keep both of you up to date on what the latest is when we find out which tricep that it actually is. Hey, also real quick, the East-West Shrine game. It's Senior Bowl week, so everyone's talking about guys that are going getting measured today. Uh, we all freak out with measurements. Uh, some of the uh, local players have had their measurements done today. But the East-West Shrine Bowl is also this week, and we're actually going to air that for you on Thursday night here beginning at 7 o'clock here on the Blitz 1170. So East-West Shrine Bowl, few guys are playing it in. I know Drake Stoops is down there, and uh, Colin Kennedy's been down there covering it because they're going to play that bad boy at the Star in Frisco. So we'll talk with Colin about that later on this week and then have the game for you coming up at 7 p.m. Lots to get into with the NFL here in a bit. They are the most inevitable force Going in the NFL right now, they are the Kansas City Chiefs. More on them and some phenomenal numbers that we're seeing being put up by Kansas City. And last week's Tony Romo gym counter came in at 32 total. Did he beat that total this week? We will find out coming up a little bit later on in the program with the latest edition, a championship edition of the Tony Romo gym counter. But first, you heard Colby say it, we need to discuss things on the local front before we dive back into the NFL or dive headfirst into the National Football League and the championship games this weekend because for the first time this conference season, Oklahoma State has themselves a victory over West Virginia. Now, it wasn't always pretty. Of course it wasn't. There were times in that game, if it looked like that it was going to basically be the exact same outcome that has been, including a 9-0 run from West Virginia, where they actually took a four-point lead at one point. And many people at that moment thought, all right, that's it. It's over. It's done. But this team, in the limited areas of positivity that we've been able to point out over the last two, three games, where they didn't have... Yes, they had stretches where they couldn't score, but still it looked like they had at least a want to, a desire in them to play and play a certain way. That really started to really be the fire to push Oklahoma State forward to ultimately get a win against West Virginia over this weekend. So let's start there. Then we'll get into Oklahoma where two losses in a row. They're now crashing down into the 20s in the latest poll that has come out. I think, what, like 23? They fell from 11 to 23. So Oklahoma's going the uh, opposite direction right now. But first things first, a win, Colby, for Oklahoma State uh, at a a spot that we all had stated, if you're going to win one, this should probably be it. Yeah, it was the most winnable game by, I think, a pretty large margin remaining on their schedule. Not only was it the team that is – 
probably the closest to Oklahoma State in terms of, you know, if you were to put together some sort of power poll in the Big 12, but it's on your home floor. It's it's not even like you have the disadvantage of playing away from the friendly confines of Gallagher-Iba Arena, and, you know, you also have the maybe advantage of, of urgency on your side compared to where West Virginia is and, and you know, maybe they're upset of Kansas. And, uh, you know, there were just, I think, a lot of elements that, that pointed to if you don't find a way to get this one, I, I don't know that the the stars are going to align as as uh, well again this season. And, you know, for the most part, I, I thought they had a pretty decent start. It wasn't, you know, it, it was up and down, but they get, they gave themselves a chance, right? It wasn't falling into a hole. They they had their stretches in this game, like we've seen throughout the season, maybe not to the, the same degree. But I, I'll tell you this, I was dead wrong, because when I think it was uh, Slazinski hit the three-pointer with about five minutes left in the game, I was like, that's it's done. Game okay, over. and there's there a is, reason why, right? Because. Is, yeah, I thought that was dagger- there's no way Oklahoma State is going to – because that made it, what, a six- or seven-point game? I can't remember the, the exact number. But, I, I, yeah, I mean, we, we've, we talked last week about, you know, in the, in the final stages of the game, their, their um, field goals and, and, you know, the scoring droughts and, and everything that they've been through, not only within games but especially at the end of games. And, you know, for, that, for it to get to that kind of lead – with about five minutes to go, I just thought, you know, I, I just can't imagine they're going to respond to that the way that they did. And give them credit because for as, as many times as they have faced that situation and failed, and sometimes in, in really bad fashion, they didn't lose hope and they didn't give up. And a shot like that that you would think probably is a killer in some ways didn't completely demoralize them. And, and in fact, they were somehow able to dial in and play probably the best five minutes of basketball to close a game that they've played this entire season. Pistols firing and Marshall called the last five minutes of OSU basketball games during conference play the boogeyman. I'll go a step further and say, no, bro, that was the grim reaper. Like the, the reaper would come and just take the life and the soul of OSU basketball in the final five minutes in the last couple of games. And there, that's why you had the same thought that I did. There was the stretch that was earlier where I felt that, oh, this is not going to go any other way than what we've seen so far. And then that three right before the five-minute mark, because we've all got it, this image burned in our head as to what Oklahoma State basketball looks like to try to close out games. And the numbers were there, correct? Numbers were there. So against the last two, which is Kansas State and TCU, OSU was one for ten from the field in the final five minutes. Well, Saturday, Oklahoma State goes out, and they're three for six. They also do a much better job defensively. Remember last week we were talking about while Oklahoma State was going one for ten, K-State and TCU were seven of ten, so they're making shots. Well, Oklahoma State made shots, and West Virginia couldn't. And Oklahoma State's defense had a, had a lot to do with that. So you weren't the only one, man, because that's all we've known so far of OSU and conference play. And they hit their free throws, right? I mean, we talked about their percentages last week, and over the tenure of Boynton. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not been a strength of Oklahoma State since Boynton has been there, and during that stretch, they were also able to knock down all the free throw opportunities they had. So, yeah, man, I had them dead in the water, and uh, I I couldn't have been more wrong. But it's good to see them find a way and to get one in the win column. 
And now, you know, it's it's tough that you have to follow that up with the road trip they're about to face. You know, you, you wish that maybe it was a different matchup that might enable them to to string a little momentum together. And look, I'm not saying that they can't get it done in Lawrence, but but what a giant hill to climb. More than likely not. Finally getting your, your first momentum of the season. But Kansas is gettable. Of, of, of course they are, yeah. Kansas is gettable this year. What's I, I can't remember the stat that I saw from this weekend, but the 4-3 and three start is as about as anti-Kansas in conference play that you can remember. I wish it was maybe a different entity that they were going on the road to play, but hey, you can't help who's on your schedule coming up next. And I, I, the other thing that I take away from Saturday just from Oklahoma State was is that everything that Mike Boynton puts into the Remember the Ten game and the fact that he still calls it one of the most important, if not the most important game on the schedule, he's got a really good record in those games. And for the season to go the way that it has, it was just nice to see them almost take a giant sigh of relief and find some joy in a basketball season because there hasn't been a whole lot of joy in a long time there with the way they started conference play. And maybe that carries over. Who knows? Maybe that's just me being, you know, dummy. It's like, yeah, none of that stuff matters when, when Kansas is, you know, up and down the floor against you and you find yourself without any answers into what they're trying to do. But I, I do think that it will help them in many ways moving forward. I, I think that's one of those games every year that no matter what their situation is, whether they're, they're playing well or they're not playing well, and and maybe you can make the argument that you know you it, it adds pressure because you want to win it because it's such a special occasion. I've always felt like it it relieves pressure because I think it's one of those games that puts everything into perspective, right? And and no matter how bad you might want to win that game because it's it's such a special uh, thing every year and and you want to you know honor um, you know everybody. Uh, with a win, I, I kind of feel like it's it just it, it makes you feel like you just you understand that there's there's so much more beyond just basketball and that, it, you know, it's such a privilege just to to play the sport that you love. And, you know, I, like I've always felt like it was a pressure reliever as opposed to the other way around. And I don't know, maybe maybe, you know, the final five minutes of of that game Saturday would suggest that. By the way, that's that I was looking for four and three for Kansas in conference play. That is the worst start ever in conference play for the Jayhawks under Bill Self. All road losses, I would add. They all are road losses, yes. Um, But anytime that you throw worst ever next to Kansas, anything basketball related, but especially under the Bill Self era, you're like, okay, all right, yeah. Definitely gettable, but to your point, this you have to go is, to the fog after Kansas has just dropped a game. That's this conference is really tough. Yep. <laughs> really, really, really tough. So uh, now jumping over quickly to Oklahoma, that was uh, quite the um, that's quite the tumble that Oklahoma's had now over the past couple of weeks, and I started to hear it again. Remember our caller that we had into the uh, helpline last week? feeling like the the comments on Boynton were a little bit personal. Might I direct you to some of the comments that I've seen about Porter Mosier in the last two basketball games that OU has played 
and how the Sooner fans are feeling that this has been nothing more than fool's gold. The rug has been pulled out from underneath them. And the fact that um, this wasn't supposed to be how things would, would end up being after the start that they had. So this a lack of execution towards the end of a game against a really, really good team. And Texas Tech was able to knock down some of their biggest shots towards the end. And the, uh, the, the thing that I would say about Oklahoma is that it's not like they got completely out-physicaled. I, I thought they did a good job on uh, not allowing Texas Tech to out-rebound them. You know, turnovers were virtually identical. But that, that, you know, Porter said it best, is that in a close game like that, everything matters in a one-point loss. And it's one of those things where free throws came back to bite them at the end of the game, and they just could not hit consistent shots towards the end of the game. And that will happen in a conference like this because you, you don't get many mulligans in segments of games to make everything good again. It's funny because I think going into this matchup, people thought Tech was the fool's gold team of the conference, right? A lot of people. They were they were at the top in the standings, but I don't think many people put a lot of stock into what they had actually accomplished to that point. And, you know, this was one of those games that maybe was the supposed to be the the see I told you game for the Texas Tech side and it swung in the other way and now it's two losses on your home floor right in the last week yes after you were the number 11 team in the country and we talked about it before that Texas game I think there were a lot of people that even though it was a great start and you had this incredible ranking and there was a lot of optimism I, I got the sense from a lot of OU basketball fans that they they weren't like plunging into the deep end, right? They they weren't all in on this team, and and they weren't completely like ready to to call for the final four run or or call that this team is a contender. And I think the last two games, especially on your home floor, probably show you why there was some of that hesitancy. And now you got to really rebound, right? I mean, I think there's a tremendous amount of pressure now applied to this team, given how they kind of kicked it at, at their on their home floor yes and the the defense or lack thereof down the stretch for Oklahoma um, is one thing that I know is starting to become a significant issue for them to Porter's point he was like listen we score 85 84 points we should be good <laughs> we should we should be okay but and and especially against a team that's as good defensively as what Tech is, he said. But we, for some reason, just get so lackadaisical on defense. And he's like, I don't. His quote was, I don't have thirty timeouts. I'm like, well, no, no, you don't. But at this point in the season, that's a little bit disheartening. That down the stretch of games, your lack of intensity defensively just goes completely away because that should be like something that's ingrained in your DNA uh, for for in particular teams. And maybe they're just not it, and we're, we're just now finding out. But that's got to be concerning for sure. Yeah, I mean, he he's going to have, I think, a lot of the doubters uh, getting louder and louder. And, you know, obviously, as we talked about last week, and, and Colin, um, or excuse me, Eli Letterman had the, the article. I mean, you're going into a conference – next year where I think the support of all the basketball programs completely dwarfs yours and to not have the momentum that maybe even just a week ago 
you thought you might have. I mean, there's already concern not only for the way this season is is potentially going to go, but you know what I think this season meant in terms of of the future in a new conference, similar to the football season. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, we'll get some of Scott's opinions too, because he was in the house for the Remember the Ten game coming up a little bit later on in the program here on the Blitz 1170. So we've got John Holcomb in the 5 o'clock hour, Dusty Dvorak in the 5 o'clock hour. We've got a snack for you coming up at 445. We've got the Tony Romo gym counter. Dude, I'm telling you, I put this much effort into this. We're we're getting to that at some point in the (laughs) afternoon. And a lot of NFL reaction to get to as well as we come to you live from inside the Tulsa Oilers hockey studios here on the Blitz 1170. We would love to hear from you. The Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line, 918-262-502. That's 918-262-502. All right, uh, before we go to break, uh, if you are like me and you find yourself kind of hovering there, in your early 40s, maybe even a little bit older, and you've been running out of energy, then let me direct you to a website. It's craftmensclinic.com. That's craftmensclinic.com because we're talking about TRT for men. You can rediscover your strength. Uh, They are putting together a pretty unbelievable deal uh, for your very first time because not many places do you get a free consultation with the doctor, but that's what Kraft is doing. So if you're looking to start your journey to better health with a no-cost initial consultation, then Kraft is definitely it. You get to speak directly with a licensed physician to discuss your health concerns and all the treatment options. So this is a personalized approach that assures that all of your specific needs are going to be addressed from the very get-go. And here's the other cool thing is that when you go to craftmensclinic.com, you can go there for the convenience and all of your appointments and tests can be mailed directly to your home. So all the healthcare at your convenience, schedule appointments online, get all the tests delivered directly to your home. It's a streamlined process that eliminates the need for in-person visits to save you time and hassle. Oh, and by the way, the price is way cheaper than in-person clinics. So you can benefit from a more affordable healthcare solution. That's Craft Men's Clinic offering services at a lower cost compared to the traditional in-person clinics. Go to the website right now. Now, craftmensclinic.com for everything that you need to know about your journey to a better health here in 2024.